Hello, everyone. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we do an opening where we pretend that we're a different podcast for a while, for a bit, to make you laugh. Um, that's the joke that we do at the beginning of this podcast. I hope you're not tired of it by now because we're going to keep doing it forever. We're never going to stop. Good morning. Welcome. This is Original Podcast Do Not Steal. My name is Amber Autumn. As I would hope you would know by now, we've been introduced for a long time. I know you have a lot of feelings for me. Don't worry. It's okay. I love you too. Um, this is, of course, my illustrious co-host, Devin, Prince Devin. Hi, Devin. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Waited for Thank a you response for asking. from um, the audience. Devin, I haven't heard anything from the audience yet. I'm a little concerned. Audience, are you feeling all right? Please respond. Are they doing okay? This bit is dumb. <laughs> this bit has no legs. Yeah, this dumb. Okay, well, that was a fun bit. Uh, over <laughs> that now. Um, <laughs> what are What are we doing? What are we doing on the what show? The, why the, what the fuck are we doing, Devin? Who are we? What uh, What are we doing, man? A couple bumblefucks um, from Indiana who said, hey, what if we had a podcast? And here we are. Here we are. For some fucking reason. Um, Devin, uh, uh, do you remember the the occasion of, of... Do you remember Do you remember when we first met? Do you remember our, our high school together? A thing that we um, have never talked about on this show before? No, we super haven't. And the thing we're covering today doesn't at all have a big history with us specifically. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, um, original podcast, Do Not Steal, is a weekly podcast in which every week, uh, Devin and I, and sometimes a third person, but not this week, um, uh, take a, uh, a, 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 an intellectual property, um, uh, a, a story, a concept, an idea, a hope, a dream, and we make an intellectual property, uh, or we make an original character in that property, um, and today, like normally when we're talking about something that we don't know much about, we bring on a special guest star, um, uh, like for next week. Uh, but but this week, um, we're doing something a, a little bit different where we're, where we're talking about a, a show that, that neither of us have any particular history with whatsoever, um, uh, Doctor Who. And specifically, we are going to be making a Doctor Who villain. I set up, like, a long time back with a Pokemon episode that I wanted to be able to do some episodes where, like, with Pokemon, we did a Pokemon gym leader specifically so that someday we would be able to come back and do, like, another uh, Pokemon episode making, like, a rival or something um, uh, because it's it's a big enough franchise uh, that it can it can support multiple episodes in that way. And Doctor Who is another franchise like that where I think it... Um, it supports multiple. Uh, uh, it supports multiple episodes well enough that I want to be able to revisit it. Um, uh, but today we are specifically we are not making a companion. We are not making a Doctor. We are not doing any of the sort. Instead, we are making a Doctor Who um, villain. Normally, we start these out um, by you know, talking about uh, our history with the property, but of course, as we have already covered, um, uh, neither of us have any prop history with the property whatsoever, so it would be a little bit extraneous to do that. Um, only, uh, uh, now the bit is like I'm, like I'm getting to the point in the bit where I'm like, no, we actually do need to talk about it. I can't sustain this bit anymore. If you um, type into uh, YouTube how we do Doctor Who, there won't be a video from a channel called How We Do with about 57 views. That's Amber and I talking about what we do if you gave us the reins to Doctor Who. That doesn't exist. Holy shit, I didn't know that was still up there. I don't even fucking remember when I said in that. That was so long ago. Please do not look that up. I was pre-transition. Please don't look it up. Uh, look it up right now. It up. Do it. Do it. Look it up. Look no. it up right now. Look it up. Evan's bullying me. Oh. At Amber and be like, oh, your idea to bring back the Ronnie and have Cybermen was actually pretty good, but the editing to this video kind of sucks. Both of us were still figuring out what we were doing. That project, though, eventually became this project, and this project um, has us uh, uh, creating a, a Doctor Who OC. So, as you can tell by the fact that I apparently know knew who the Ronnie was, um, 
we maybe we maybe are aware of Doctor Who. Um, the thing that you have to understand about me um, is that I am cringe. Um, so, so Doctor Who. Devin yeah. and I in high school were in a Doctor Who club. I'm just gonna go out and say it. I'm gonna. We were in a club in high school, an extracurricular club called the Doctor Who Club, and you'll never fucking guess what we did in that club. Devin, do you remember what we did? In that? Do you want to tell the audience about the 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 wild and unexpected shit we got up to in Doctor Who Club? We were big, smelly virgins who watched Doctor Who and had pizza parties we, occasionally watching Doctor Who. It was rad. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, For you being the one, yeah, like, right. here's what you need to know, audience. I'm cringe. You're so like, oh, this is Doctor. Yeah, we were in Doctor Who Club, man. <laughs> we watched Doctor Who at school with our other lame friends. Yeah. Um. So Doctor Who. Um. Doctor Who is a uh is is two different television series. Um. Uh, an extended series of uh, audio adventures and audio dramas um, ranging ranging decades back. The show started in, I believe, the 50s or 60s. Um, uh, a movie, um, uh, a handful of video games, some interactive online video stuff. A, a, it's a large it's a large franchise. It's a large franchise in the world, and it's also a large franchise in both Devin and I's uh, uh, lives for reasons. Um, so Doctor Who is a science fiction franchise. You know what? I feel like it's a me episode. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. You start. You talk about Doctor Who a little bit before I, like, take over. Okay, well, you see, Amber, here's the thing about Doctor Who. It's, I'm neither trans nor am I in high school, so I haven't had a reason to revisit the series in a very long time. <laughs> Honestly, I like I'm like more interested in that. I, like that makes me more like I want to know what Devin has to say about Doctor Who as someone who like hasn't revisited it since high school. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Who is a fun weekly little science fiction series that asks questions, it gets your brain juices going. It's a fun thing to hyperfixate about because there's so much history, there's so much lore, there's so many ways you can be like, well, I'm a Doctor Who fan in this specific way, and my favorite Doctor is John Pertwee. He's my favorite Doctor still to this day. Love you to death, John. Oh, you made that science babble feel like Shakespearean dialect. I love you so much. And when you're in yeah. high school and these things are new and exciting, it's very easy to latch on to. And then you get kind of older, and I don't think the show is necessarily any worse. If I revisited it, I bet I'd like it quite a bit. I still love Matt Smith, and I bet I still love him for all the exact same reasons I did. I just haven't ever really felt the need to get back in. Totally. And um, speaking that I'm speaking, Amber, you know what I want to talk about for a quick second? I would love to know what you want to talk about for a quick second. I really want to talk about Ralph Bashke's Lord of the Rings. I thought I had a clever oh, segue, but I didn't. Do. <laughs> I you really... don't have a clever segue at all. You just want to talk about Ralph Bashke's Lord of the Rings. Okay, I do. get that out of your system first. It'll be very quick. Go on, then. One, it's just one thing specifically, because there are lots of things I like about the. But anyways, there is one thing I think Ralph Bashke stumbled backwards into with his adaptation, and it's the ring rates. And I really want to talk about that, because when you talk about Tolkien, he's a language nerd. He's a linguist. You have to think about words and their relationship to other things. So what is a wraith? What is its relations to? There's wraith, right? There's rage. There's a wreath. A wreath is a twisted thing. And then there's writhe to wriggle around, you know, very animalistic. And the way the ring wraiths move in the Bashki version is this twisted, gnarled, animalistic jittering. They're wraithing around, right? And it speaks to something that's imitating the movements of a human. I think he, like, accidentally he found this really interesting way to have ring rates move that's true to the book that he then immediately abandons once they're uncloaked because Ralph Bashke is critically incapable of focusing on something for more than a scene. Oh, I love you so much, Ralph. I'm done. Okay, cool, great. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us for the for the Devin talks about whatever Devin is talking about this week. Power Hour, Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who. 
Um, so Doctor Who is uh, at, at its its core premise. Um, Doctor Who is a, uh, a, a, a an old school science fiction television show um, dating back to like the fucking sixties um, or whenever um, about uh, about this character named the Doctor um, who is a an an alien uh, a time lord um, who travels around the universe through time and space in a little blue box. Um, going on adventures and helping people, and usually he gets lonely and he takes um, one or more companions, um, usually from Earth, with him on his quest, and those are, like, sort of audience insert figures uh, in order to, like, because he's an alien and he's going to all these alien worlds, and we, the audience, need someone for him to be explaining all of this weird alien shit to. Um, and so for that reason, he brings along a companion and also that gives you like an ability to like have a pair of characters with a dynamic, right? Um, uh, the show started in, uh, yeah, like, like, as I've said, like three fucking times now, the fifties or sixties. Um, uh, and, uh, and it went on until like the nineties and or eighties and it was canceled, um, and then uh, resurrected in the middle for a movie that uh, we don't talk about. And then it came back in 2005 um, with the Russell T Davies era. Um, in 2005, British showrunner. This is all. It's a very British show, by the way. In case that wasn't like a a, a clear part of it. Um, uh, British showrunner Russell T Davies brought the show back in 2005. And it has been running since that point up through the present day, undergoing a, a handful of shifts in 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 showrunners. Um, uh, I have watched um, like my my fair chunk of classic Who, as all the stuff before the cancellation is referred to. It's like classic Who and new Who, um, uh, and I also have seen um, not all of the new Who stuff. I've watched. Um, through all of the Russell T. Davies stuff and most of the Stephen Moffat stuff, and I haven't even bothered with the Chris Chibnall stuff, which makes us in some way not especially qualified to talk about it if we were trying to talk about it holistically as, like, the entire show. Um, uh, but we're not. My interest here is specifically with the Russell T. Davies era because, um, not especially hot take incoming, um, uh, it is easily the best era of the show ever. Um, my revisitate I revisited Doctor Who recently because I had open heart surgery, as you may have heard of before on this podcast. Um, and I was, I was like, I was, I was genuinely astonished how I wanted chicken soup for the soul. What you wanted chicken soup for the soul? You had to revisit. An I old did. Friend. I wanted. I did. I did. Um, and, and I, and I fucking got it. Uh, 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 the doctor has been through a number of, uh, a number of, a number of phases. Like it's, it's a, it's an ongoing show, right? And so you can't necessarily have one actor playing this role consistently forever. Um, and so the, the, the very, the very clever thing that they do with that is that they have, they have, it's, it's one character called the doctor, but whenever that character like would die, he can regenerate, um, which is um, you get you you go through a whole transformation process. You get an entirely new performer to play the role, basically, is what it is. And there's like some core traits of the Doctor that remain consistent through iterations, um, but you definitely get like each new actor does a different interpretation of the Doctor. I don't think that's necessarily going to be super important information for today's episode, um, uh, but it would have felt weird if I didn't mention it. Um, so. Uh, yeah, all of that said, do we want to, do we want to talk a little bit about the villains that there are in Doctor Who? I mean, yeah, it's what we're doing today, making a villain. We got to talk about some of them. You want me to go first? Yeah. You want to go first? I want you to go first. Okay, so Doctor Who, because it exists for as long as there has been television in the great kingdom of the United Kingdom, there has been a Doctor Who on the telly, and Doctor Who has been fighting various monsters, some monsters of the week, others large and recurring. So there's a lot, right? That's that's a big part of Doctor Who. Space is infinite. Doctor Who stories are infinite, and you can fight 
anything. Some of the big recurring ones are the master, who's his the Moriarty to his homes, right? Right. There are yeah, Daleks, yeah. who are space Nazis, so they will fit right into our podcast talking about the Nazis. They absolutely will. Um, we haven't. I feel like we haven't actually talked about the Nazis in a while. We're slacking. We got to bring are. the Nazis back. <laughs> we got to project paperclip our own podcast. Um, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, but not sorry enough to stop. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Please keep going. Uh, there are the Cybermen who are robots. And in the classic Who, it's very cheap and embarrassing. But still engaging on a script level but god the show never had a fucking budget who are scary robots who uh, the borg right you've seen a star trek you've seen the borg the thing they do is that they take you and they turn you into one of them they make you a cyberman and then you belong to the collective the cybermen are my favorites um this, yeah the cy- cybermen are the best they're the weeping angels who are great there's some ah wow what a wonderful advent of modern day doctor who they're they take the form of angel statues and they can only move when you're not looking at them. And doesn't that just write itself into great tension? Ah, beautiful. Absolutely, and then yeah. I think we're now hitting the point of recurring villains where I'm like, the rhino people, where it's ones <laughs> I don't That's the distinctly. Jadoon. Yeah. <laughs> the rhinos and the squid people and the one that Matt Smith called a potato. We're hitting level of those recurring villains. So there's those, the less popular ones, and there's just, you know, Monsters of the Week. One time, David Tennant, the 10th Doctor, fought Satan. That's one of my favorite episodes. Honestly, it's such a genuinely good episode. It's um, so much better <laughs> than you would think it would be when I say Doctor Who fought Satan. <laughs> no, like... Like, genuinely, truly, I cannot emphasize enough to you how fucking killer the entire Russell T. Davies era of the show is. I cannot emphasize it enough. It is so good. It is so good. Uh, including the episode, yes, where the Doctor meets Satan um, and and fights Satan. It's not really a very fighting show. I think one of the key parts of this that we're going to want to keep in mind here um, is that the the... The Doctor sort of has, like... Pacifism. And a little bit of a... Yeah, like... like I don't want to say a non-antagonistic relationship, but, like, a, a very strong, like, sense of... of a, a very strong aversion to violence. We'll, we'll say it that way. And that's, like a, like, a critical part of the ethos of the show for, like, largely its entire run. Um... And so you have like, yeah, you have like a you have like a couple of ways of challenging that character who is an adventurer who cares very much about Earth, who like believes in doing the right thing and doesn't want to hurt people wherever possible, but who also is like so old and has lost so much that sometimes he like loses sight of like what matters. I keep using key for the doctor because almost all of the doctors have been men. Um, uh, very little like like they're open to doing women doctors, but like there haven't been them. Um, in general, uh, I will say about the doctor doing the fighty fight things, it's because a part of regeneration is not just his face switching around, but also bits of his personality. And the first doctor all the way back to black and white was an old curmudgeon who would straight up Mm -hmm. almost kill a man with a rock. (laughs) So violence Mm -hmm. has always been there. But Mm -hmm. the thing about Doctor Who is a Marvel movie, let's say must end with characters fighting. That, that's that's where we have to build, right? And I love that shit. I'm all about it. A Doctor Who must end with characters talking because there is an aversion to violence. So that's that's right. That's yeah. how you end your confrontation with the villains in a Doctor Who. That's absolutely it, yeah. Um, Unless you're the delightful family or whatever their name was, in which case, get fucked! <laughs> Welcome to your own hell dimensions delightful family were they scarecrows or did they have scarecrows um uh they had scarecrows um they they had scarecrows i could say more than that but i honestly i honestly worry about spoiling some of this just because i like i like genuinely love the show so much that there's some stuff i don't want to give away you should watch the russell t davies era of doctor who you should try it out the the seasons are not that long they are 13 episode seasons um and if you haven't already 
Um, I promise that you will not regret trying them. Um, Try out Doctor Who. At the worst, it's a lot of fun. It's such a fun show to watch. And then if you like the new stuff, maybe check out some of the classics. Look up Top 10 Doctor Who series. Yeah, so some of the ways that... Some of the some of the ways that they have done the the, the way they the ways they have challenged that in the past, um, the most iconic episodes of the Daleks, right? And and the thing about the Daleks is is that they're really fucking simple and also like extremely boring, um, uh, and that's and that's not bad. That's not any. That's that's I I so am not like actually complaining about the Daleks. I think there's like there's like two ways that you can like do a Dalek story, right, uh, is, is you can, like, there's, there's two Dalek stories that people do, um, there's the Dalek story where the Daleks are, like, forces of nature, because they're Nazis, and they're here to kill everything that's different, and, um, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's like a natural disaster movie, um, uh, and, and in the natural disaster, the, like, um, the volcano that's blowing up the like moon that's falling into the earth like isn't the interest i shouldn't i shouldn't say that before i've seen moonfall the um uh the 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 chill wave that's driving the world to absolute zero isn't interesting the people's reaction to the thing is the thing that's interesting um so the daleks don't need to be interesting in that kind of episode and then there's the second kind of dalek episode which is the episode where you try to give the where you try to like make the daleks interesting probably by giving them internal conflict and that kind of episode um is like super variable in terms of its quality. Sometimes I think that it really works. Um, I think that there there are some in like like the the textbook episode is Dalek, the first new new Who episode that contains a Dalek. Um, uh, you have like the the ostensibly last Dalek remaining available, um, and you have like and and th- they they encounter it, and the Dalek has like. A sense of of internal conflict um uh, and that episode is really well executed and then there are also some dalek episodes later in the run where like the way that that's handled in daleks in manhattan is maybe a little bit less critically acclaimed um so there's a couple ways that you have of doing that with the daleks um uh, i don't know if that has anything to do with the thing that we're doing but i uh uh, i want to talk about doctor who fuck you um, Watch Birth of the Daleks, baby. It's a classic for a reason. <laughs> um, Do I have the right? Devin already went over briefly a lot of them. Um, the Master, you know, is the Moriarty, and the way that you have have that relationship is that he's like. Like, that gives you personal stakes. You have a character who, like, also can do the Doctor's regenerating, traveling around time and space gimmicks. You get to do the Dark Mirror thing. Um, uh, and then the Cybermen, who are, like, converted humans. Um, uh, and so you get to play with the doctor's, like, emotionality and his desire to, like, care for people. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's the zombie movie thing where you, like, look at a zombie and it's your dead wife and you have to decide whether or not to shoot her. You know what I mean? And, 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 and those are all lovely ways of going. And, and the Weeping Angels sure did have a couple of good episodes. I was happy to talk for a bunch there. Um, Devin, do you have any particular thoughts or feelings about maybe some ways that we would want to go with making a Doctor Who villain. I think one of the interesting things here is a lot of my pitch for that episode, you definitely shouldn't look up on YouTube.com, is based around my idea for a villain. So I want to avoid that because I don't want to rehash that. I think, despite the editing of that video being bad, our ideas hold up. So here's my idea. What if we made the villain a former companion and we did the audience surrogate thing Again, but it's a syndrome thing from Incredibles. Okay. Like, what? Do you want to elaborate on on what on what you mean by that a little bit more specifically? Uh, I kind of thought it was self-explanatory. You know, you do the toxic fan thing. I have ownership of this thing. It's different now. I don't like the change. Sure. Yeah. It's like it's like a little bit of a it's a little bit of a meta thing, or like it's a a character who feels like they have ownership over the doctor or the TARDIS in some way. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, both do both. Okay. So yeah. So there, there's a couple of kinds of, uh, of, of villains. You have like a, a villain of the week sort of a situation, or you have like the ongoing recurring famous villains, like 
the Santarans and the Jadun and the Weeping Angels and whomever else. Um, and so either we have like a former companion who like we never see them as a companion right we just like they show up in this episode and the doctor says oh yeah this person traveled with me at some point off screen don't worry about it um or we choose a former companion and we villainify them i think the first one is what i would do i think the second one would be more interesting but it would also have that bit where we pause for a really long time and we're thinking about it so uh which one you, you be the let's do the first factor. one what do you think all right yeah, yeah, got yeah, some yeah. Momentum. let's let's do the first one uh hell yeah let's... fucking off-screen companion this is okay i have a question you've been revisiting doctor who do we ever find out who made the tardis because he just stole it right yeah so he stole it from the time lords um uh which is his people and we are not adverse uh, back to retcons. Was... What if this is a companion who made the TARDIS and the doctor was kind of a dick to this guy and was just like, thanks, see you never, fucker. Does River Song show back up when the doctor's a woman? Do they girl kiss? Um, They do not girl kiss. They resolve that thread in the Peter Capaldi stuff. The only doctors that River Song gets to interact with are um, uh, Tennant, Smith, and Capaldi. Oh my fucking god! Do you remember Science in the Library, Forest of the Dead? Holy fucking shit! I was sobbing at the end of that episode on the rewatch. Like, like I loved this show as a kid, um, uh, but like, but like rewatching it as an adult, it's so much better than 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 I than I like had the baby's first media literacy capacity to appreciate it as, as a kid. Um, uh, I guess we're leaving this bit in, um, uh, because I actually have some good, just like, here's some doctor who hot takes miscellaneously while I'm here from my revisit. Um, I am not the first person to observe that Russell T Davies, like entire, uh, his entire like work, his whole filmography is about, um, being a gay man living through the AIDS epidemic. Um, so yeah, Bob and Rose is a really good show. Uh, and, and Doctor Who, like, holds that theme. Doctor Who is about, um, like, all of the people around you dying and living in, like, a scary universe. Um, and, and, and Russell T. Davies' run ends with David Tennant, the best actor who has ever played the Doctor. Don't fucking fight me. Um, uh, it is not close. Um, uh, I, yes, I also, I, I also love Christopher Eccleston. Yes, um, I also love Tom Baker. Yes, I also love many of them. It is not close. It ends with David Tennant regenerating. And, like, a lot of people made a big hullabaloo when it happened of, like, of being, like, the Doctor should be more accepting of his death in the end. He shouldn't, like, feel bad about it in the way that he feels bad about it in the end of the show. And and after having watched it, I, like, I like can't disagree more um, because it's important that it hurts. Um, like we went through a lot of shit with this character and it mattered and it's good that it hurts. Like you remember the end of night in the woods, um, when May says when like, when everything that is important to me goes, I want it to hurt. I want it to feel something so that I like, um, uh, because that's an important part of it. It's like how I know that it matters. And I, I think, I think that's like a lot of how I feel about it is like, like when your friends die, when you die, when you go, it should hurt. It matters. It's important that it hurts. Um, like just like, like spiritually, I don't know that I can like defend that, but I, I believe it in some way. Um, this is so much more thematically rich than we usually get in the show. I just like, I, I believe it. I care a lot about the show after this recent rewatch. Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about before I got off in this tangent where I'm just talking. Um, uh, you were going to tell me that I'm wrong about like, there's no one person who invented this specific TARDIS. I think it's a utility thing. It kind of like cars, right? Totally. So there are many Tardises um, that the Time Lords have. They, yeah, it's like cars. There's an, there there were a number of them at one point in the show. There are no longer so many Tardis Tardises in this universe. Um, they 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 wrote that out a little bit. Um, although they might write it back. In, I don't fucking you know. I, it's an ongoing show. You know, comics. Nothing stays dead. Um, uh, Say so, the line. Say it, bitch. I don't know what line you want me to say. I'm so sorry. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. 
Oh, fuck you. Okay. Here okay. So Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey is like it's it's exactly like 42 in that it's a joke that got ruined by liberals with no comprehension of the text or like ability to know how to read a text. Um, but it's really fucking funny in its original context. It's just that when you slap it out of context on like t-shirts and shit, it's, it's not funny at all. The purpose that it gets used for in those contexts is, is, is as a shibboleth. Um, it's there to like signpost to other fans of Doctor Who that you like Doctor Who so that you are in the in-joke. Um, but like, I don't know, personally, as a fan of Doctor Who, if you wanted to signpost to me that you were a fan of Doctor Who, I would want you to do something better than like mindlessly regurgitating the punchline of a joke without the prior part of the joke there. Um, but Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey is actually like a really funny joke in its original context. Um, it is. It's good. Blink's a great episode. Everyone's right. Everyone's right about Blink being a great episode. It's just that everyone isn't right enough about people don't appreciate the rest of it enough, which is an insane thing to say because it's an insanely popular show, but I'm right. Um, it should be even more popular than it is, or that that era of it. Anyway. Oh, I, um, I was I was just going to say it's a good use of the DC hyper time thing. It's a great way of just fucking continuity, man. Who gives a shit? Enjoy the show. It's truly... Also, uh, if you want to signify to me you're a Doctor Who fan, man, just say bow ties are cool. That's the that's the whole joke. That's it. Oh, you're not ruining anything. Just say it. That's true. <laughs> There's no other joke to that joke. Um, although, admittedly, I haven't revisited that stuff since growing up because I, I, just, I wanted to watch the Russell T. Davies era stuff. It's a cohesive single body of work, and I was right, too. Um, did you know he's coming back? Did you know he's coming back as the showrunner? I didn't know that. I am neither in high school nor am I trans, so I don't have a reason to. Russell T. Davies is going to be the next showrunner of Doctor Who. He's the next one after Chris Chibnall leaves, like next fucking year or something. I'm so excited, Devin. It's going to be so genuinely good. Um, uh, you should revisit the show, seriously, dude. Um, I probably am because I, I, I watch. I needed a clip for my Punisher video. And I was looking through old Doctor Who, and I was like, "Ooh, this is feel good." I really, I, I miss Matt Smith. I wanna, I wanna see that lad again. Okay, but you do gotta watch the Russell T Davies stuff first. It's fine if you go onto the Matt Smith, but watch the Russell T Davies stuff for me, for me, baby. Um, uh, I'll do it. So, you are, you're, yeah. It's true that we don't necessarily know that there's one specific person who built the TARDIS, um, but. If there is a story where we encounter, like, the Time Lord who invented TARDISes as a concept, for example, or, like, the individual worker who built the Doctor's TARDIS, then I don't know about it. And, listen, there are so many audio dramas in this story, in this series, it's possible it has happened. Don't fucking breathe down my neck if it turns out that I just, like, didn't know something in one of the... 900 trillion thousand audio dramas that are out there they all cost money they are not available to pirate anywhere if anyone knows how i can get a hold of the big fish odd big finish audio dramas um for like like the new ones without paying like 30 fucking dollars per episode please let me know um uh but i think that's a totally good place to start is you have like someone who either invented the tardises as a design or built the doctor's tardis i i would like specifically built the doctor's tardis because that plays into the feeling of ownership like and and he in some way has a point because he did build this thing and then there's the whole like well is building thing ownership once you give it away to be sold and there's that idea and stuff but i prefer that one of those two yeah totally so why was this person a companion? It's a little bit of an odd role to have be the companion, you know? I think the doctor whispered some sweet nothings into the ear of this working Joe and got him all hip-hoppity excited. And then Doctor Who did the thing that happened with his companions where he had to be like, goodbye forever. So this and is like was... presumably happens sometime like during, during the classic Who series. Um, yeah, he's an uh, old Hoovian, and now he's back, and he's like, why are you wearing the fucking brainy specs and your, your Ellen shoes with your blue suit? Why are you sexy now? My doctors were never <laughs> sexy. They were old. So this person is also, we have to assume, probably a Time Lord as well, yeah, because 
because they because they gotta be. Um, yeah, they, they, they built, gotta be. They built the TARDIS. Why did the Doctor want them along? Is my question. Because usually he wants a human, um, or multiple humans. Not always, um, but more often than not, um, with sort of just this understanding that he has like a special affinity for Earth. And and honestly, not that much of a not that full of an understanding beyond that point. But th- yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's my that's my that's my first question about this character. Um, my, my two ideas are either a the Doctor was feeling nostalgic because the first Doctor fumbled around with his family, or mm-hmm. b okay the, the b one I don't think would make sense because I think the Time War is a new Doctor Who thing more so than a classic yeah. one. And I yeah so yes. so never mind. So um. I guess I just have the one. I continuityed myself out of the second take. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you have any so ideas? So are they... So 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 then, are they related? Hmm. Because Do you feel the, like- the Doctor's family is kind of like a, a little bit of a... a, a a sticky a sticky question in the in the franchise um he has a granddaughter in his very first appearance um and they like make some allusions to his mother during the the finale of the russell g davies run and i understand that the chris chibnall seasons have done some stuff with that i don't care about them um uh but like there's a lot of like references to the doctor having a family and then the doctor looking in the distance wistfully i don't know this could be an interesting place to explore that a little bit yeah it could be i i do wonder of like how much i'd have to say with introducing it as a member of the doctor's family sure how are how how are you feeling where's where's your brain wanting to go are you more just a random time lord or are you super down with the family angle i i'm not i'm not married to the family angle i think i think it's just another time lord i think you do a thing where the doctor was younger in his younger days didn't have that affinity for the humans wanted to pile around with like an equal air quotes someone he doesn't have to explain everything to well sometimes you have when you're talking to someone and they're like hey man talk about the thing you like for an hour and you have to explain it but sometimes you just want to talk to a motherfucker who already knows all the shit. And it's just that simple. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. It's funny we're a little bit jumping right into creating a Doctor Who companion then. The Doctor has a pretty fraught relationship with Time Lords in general. He often does not like the members of 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 his own of like his own of his own culture, his own his own people. They are, are uh, they are extremely bureaucratic. Um they are uh, often like downright hostile to other people. Um, they're like so high and mighty. They don't. There's there's a great bit in one of the Paul McGann uh, audio dramas um, where the Doctor finds out that the Time Lords are behind a bunch of like Cybermen shit, um, and the Doctor goes, "You all y'all would burn down entire planets so you don't have to look bad." Um, and then the Time Lord he's talking to goes, "Doctor, it is very very important that we not look bad." Um, and that's like a pretty core like summation of the Time Lords to me. Um, There's a as... reason these stuffy Britocra- uh, these stuffy British motherfuckers call themselves Time Lords, right? Um, and so, like, for the Doctor to go back for one of them and one of them who builds the Tardises at that, um, this must be like a pretty exceptional. Um, a member of the species. So here's what I'm thinking: is that this is someone who like doesn't fit, who doesn't fit the the stuffy British plutocrat uh, archetype whatsoever. Um, really bad at being a time lord, and therefore the time lords all like stuck them down, working like TARDIS construction, sort of like to get them out of the way. Like maybe it's like a like a really labor intensive or unglamorous job um or like possibly this is this this time lord is just like like a really autistic motherfucker and just like special interests super hard and is like the one like like the time lord who knows the mo- more than any fucking one else about building a goddamn tardis um uh and so the time lords were kind of like let's 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 
let's get this person down here so that like we don't have to deal with their like free thinking liberal ideas um uh or what have you yeah i was i was just thinking you do the the classic world building thing of you say that x culture is like wax and then you meet some ones who aren't because no one race is a monolith and only exists in this one set of circumstances and you meet this one guy who isn't like the rest of them and he gets pushed down right. to this because they don't like him because they're stuffy, bureaucratic, puffy fucks with stupid, stupid collars. Dumbest collars in the world. A classic wharf. A classic wharf. Big old Megatron in the IDW comics who was pushed down by the circumstances of being different. Okay. And then after that, they become villainous in some way. They feel like they have an ownership over the Doctor and the TARDIS. Um, and what is it, like, jealousy of the other companions? Is it... I don't know. They're just fucking crazy? Like, what changes I think in it's, between... I think, it's, I think it's a mix of jealousy. I think I think most of it comes from abandonment. Because that's, that's what you do to a, to a companion. But... It's true. Yeah. This isn't a he- this isn't a human. This is someone who exists within the outside law confinements of space time. He's gonna remember. You can't magic away his memories, and he's gonna be hurt. They're like, you didn't even say hi. You left me on a dying star in an infinite loop, and now you're futzing around with someone giving you googly eyes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Tardis on pause. Then yeah. Pauses the Tardis, and now the audience go. <gasps> Because the shit just got real. He can pause the and, TARDIS. So we, we have a... Um, uh, so in, in, in the break, in New Who, we come back with like an understanding uh, uh, that like... There, there's, a, there's a new addition to the lore called the Time War, um, which was the, the, the Time Lords and the Daleks had a big war through time that was waged and then, and then sealed in time in a bubble... This is probably happening on the other end of that, right? Like, it's supposed to be, like, an unimaginably horrible war. And so, presumably, this character comes out of the time war um, in some way and is like, yeah, like, you left me in there. And it, like, probably fucked this character up. And, 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 yeah, and then that character could have trauma. And then I think a fun thing that you do with that, then, is that you have this character, like, specifically targeting the Doctor's companions, Right, and ooh, then you ooh, get to play have, with. I the have an light. idea. I have an idea. Go go go! This is just fun episode thing. One, I think they're called the assistant, right? That feels right for a time lord of uh, something for a name. But anyways, ooh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and they're like big episode. They're really big one that's classic that all the people remember. The time travel is he's going back to find all of the companions at various times to try to get him. So it's kind of a reunion thing with the old companions you missed. Oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Anyways, continue. No, that's extremely cute. Um, okay, here's a question. Okay. It's a toxic fan right. thing, right? How much of it do you, are you okay with making it kind of feel like spurned lover? Like squint your eye and you're like, is this a... Are we? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I would, I would, I would strongly prefer that even um, uh, over that not being the case. Uh, okay, hell yeah, let's do it. On a scale of Apollo and Rocky half naked on the beach, jumping into each other's arms, to that scene in Skyfall where he slaps James Bond by the thighs and kind of grabs him in, on on in between those. How much are you having the audience go? Are you too? So, uh, 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 neither. Um, uh, I, both of those examples are very like, um, I don't know. They're both just like, oh, there's some like homoerotic body language, right? Whereas, so I'm just like bringing it back to Russell G. Davies a hundred thousand times per second. Um, uh, in the, um, season three finale to the Russell T. Davies era, um, uh, the doctor is confronting the master, um, and 
at one point the master is like you know without going into too much spoilers at some point um the master is uh is in grave danger is is lying ill possibly dying and the doctor is holding him um uh like cradling him in his arms and going like don't you dare die on me um uh we're the last ones left i need you please um and it's like it's like it's not a physically like intimate scene it's not like oh these are like two men who are like horny together it's like oh these are two men who have loved each other these are exes who like have cared for each other yeah like that that's more the energy that i would want to go for is it's less like oh there's like sexual tension in the air and more like oh uh you fucking loved each other. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was trying to think of two other examples of in between and then repeat the bit, but I can't can't think of any off the top of my head. Okay, from Lego Batman, that whole movie. Totally, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. This is about where I would have expected that to go. Yeah, sure. To the scene... In oh, I can't remember who the fuck wrote it. In Death in the Family, the first Snyder Batman arc, where when Batman is describing the effect eyes have when they see someone they love, and the punchline is that every time the Joker's looked at Batman, that is the exact way his eyes have dilated. God damn it! They're both just Batman and the Joker. I mean, uh, like, not that that's a bad thing, right? Um, it's not. I just wanted other ones. But yes, uh, emotional intimacy, uh, emotional intimacy, as opposed to physical. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But yes, I do want it to be like, oh, these two have a history, probably a romantic one. Yes, that is a thing that I I want to do here. Yeah, it's placement within the frame when the assistant says you abandoned me speaks to intimacy as opposed to positioning of bodies between the actors absolutely um great great phrasing great phrasing um thank you thank you uh uh so this person probably has their own tardis right i have to imagine they do um uh although maybe it's post time war here's a hot take what if they have constructed their own TARDIS? Um, I was going to say they... Just, like, out up. of... Out of shit in the world. It's, like, the cl most clearly fucking haphazard TARDIS you've ever seen in your life. Um, yeah, it's Slapdash. It's a Rekgar. Absolutely. Frank and and, TARDIS. And, and, like, so are they... Do they, do they like, is it... Are they on earth are they where where have they ended i mean are they are they going on their own adventures through time and space a la the master like are you asking where the assistant is before they show up yeah hmm. how yeah where do you go after a particularly rough breakup after getting out of war and finding out your ex is still alive <laughs> that's a let me let's call up some relatives i don't think we got history with that one, maybe it's brother. just like is it is it like the episode happens directly after leaving war at least one of them yeah you can hop around with different but yeah at least one of them is just like right after maybe their introductory episode is they're at a veterans meeting right the big circle talking about your things Mm-hmm. And so you... I'm going to say some words, and hopefully by the end of it we have a whole thing. But mm -hmm. he's he's at this, right? Maybe it's on Earth. Maybe it's an intergalactic therapy session So there's because it's space, right? And that's fun. Why not do it? But he's... That's right. Because if it's on Earth, he's double-talking. He's talking about the time war as opposed to just Earth war. And through that he can kind of understand why the doctor likes people because he's able to make an emotional connection with humans. 
And I like the idea that he has that, but he's still petty about it. And I also like yeah. the one where it's a space therapy session because, God damn it, it's a it's sci-fi space. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, is do we want to do we want to talk a little bit about like 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 vibe? Do we want to hang out in the vibe zone a little bit here on this character? Yeah, like, like, what, like what, appearance? What do they like? Yeah, what's their deal? I like spurned a lover with PTSD. What what were you like in day to day now, assistant man? I think we don't want them to be crazy, right? Cuz that would feel gross. Right. And also honestly kind of trite at this point in the franchise. Yeah. I think you do more being careful with my words, but that feeling of walking on eggshells because you know something could put him off because living with someone with PTSD is hard and you kind of got to walk on eggshells sometimes. Like there's a, there, there's a feeling that a violence could happen and it's a little unnerving to be around this person. Sure, yeah. Is that... That's that's beforehand? Okay, but I also, like, want them to have been... Like, uh, were you asking, like, how are they pre-Time War? Th- I, I was, um, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, because this is post. I don't, I don't think that's how they were pre-Time War. Okay, well, well a... post... Yeah, go on. Post-Time War, then, yeah, um, uh... It's, it's like it's like everybody wants to do Heath Ledger's Joker since Heath Ledger's Joker came out, you know? Um, and and so do we. Uh, Honestly, I... Okay, I don't think you... Have you seen Rambo... Uh, uh, fucking, what was the last one before they had the last one? The last one before they had the last one? Yeah, the last one before they had the last one. The one where he Can't goes back certain. to the jungle. What? Can't say I'm certain. Okay, well, the way Sylvester plays that Rambo is this darkness exists within me, and it's not a thing I want to bring out, and it's definitely not a thing you want to bring out as a way to not have it just feel like Heath Ledger's Joker again. Oh, yeah, like, like, I actually like that as a touchstone, um, more of a, more of a Sylvester Stallone's Rambo character, um... I think pre-Time War, he's more of a Sam. He's a doughy-eyed, happy little lad. Well, I can't wait to go on adventures! And you do the thing from Batman Under the Red Hood, where the movie's all about how Batman ruined Jason Todd's life, and then the last right. shot of the movie is Jason Todd in the Robin costume going, This is the best day of my life! <laughs> Fade to black roll credits. If we're going to have him, um, uh, if we're going with him now, as a, uh, a a Time Lord character, then you know what that means. That means that we have to cast them. Oh, how many British people do? Tom Hardy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna literally like Google British actors. I may be surprised by some of them. There may be some that I'm Sir like, oh, Ian McKellen. <laughs> I would, um, I would love Sir Ian McKellen on Doctor Who. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, that would rule. Are we sure that Ian McKellen is not too good for Doctor Who? Yes, that's why you want it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was right. There's a lot of people I wasn't expecting. I didn't know Henry Cavill was British. Like, I knew that one. He's a big nerd about, the, he's a big nerd about Warhammer, and it's big over there. He's also a big nerd about The Witcher. It's amazing. Um, uh... I'm like looking at this list of actors from the UK, um, and it's two, three. Oh, I think Henry Cavill would do great on Doctor Who. Henry Cavill would make a good Doctor. And now that I'm thinking about it, he's very polite. I'm looking at this list of British actors, and there's 51 people on this list, um, and 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 48 of them are white. Um, Tom Holland. It's not an especially diverse set of people to chick to choose between. Friggity frack and um the the one guy from Get Out. The the main guy from Get Out. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. 
I think he'd oh he'd do a good job. Oh 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 Finn Motherfucking John Boyega. John Boyega British? I guess it doesn't matter that much that he's British. Um I actually bet John Boyega would be a really, really good time in that. Let's cast John Boyega. Hell yeah. You love you love John Boyega. I do. He's awesome. God, fucking to give him let him shout Ray in the whole trilogy. Thanks. <laughs> fucking great use of John Boyega. Okay, we can let him shout Ray here too. I'm kidding. We're not gonna do that. Um. <laughs> Someone pulls out a ray gun. It's like it's a ray gun. <laughs> this fucking garage door. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ape shit. I'm gonna go. At this point, we have to leave it in, right? I'm talking about it so fucking much. At this point, we have to leave in me talking about this fucking garage door opening and closing all the time. It's fine. Yeah. My Okay, my roommate listens to this. Alice, it's okay. I'm not actually upset. It's fu- it's funny. It's fu- it's funny. Um here's what we'll, it opened 3 times, right? No, it should just be the toy. It opens and it closes and it is now closing. So uh, okay, cuz I was going to say we insert John Boyega yelling Ray from each of the <laughs> <laughs> where the where the garage noise would be. Oh, Ray. Yeah, okay. Um, and then do we want to give him a very silly outfit as well because it's Doctor Who and he's a Time Lord? Yeah, does need a silly outfit. Is it too on the nose to give him a lab coat? I'm just... Hmm. Or he's an... Like, he builds the TARDISes. He's an engineer. He uses his hands. We could give him, like... Like, workman's clothes. Like, big, heavy gloves and, like, overalls and shit. I like the overalls. I think that's a... I think that's a direction to go. Like, overalls. Maybe, like... Like, a slightly old-timey-looking cap. Yeah. Like a newsy hat. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Can um, he have a superfluous utility belt? Absolutely, he can have a superfluous utility belt. Um, we can put we can put like a like a sonic welder on it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. Um. Okay. Do we want to come up with one fun fact apiece? That is where we are in this episode with the assistant. Okay, I came up with one. I don't know if I want it to be my last one. I'm just going to go for it. So remember the part where River Song goes, it's not supposed to make that noise. That means you have the brakes on. That comes up again, but he goes, no, it is supposed to make that noise because blah, blah, blah. And then it leads to a bell ro- do bell rogs have wings situation where there's a bunch of forums going <laughs> back and forth over whether or not the TARDIS is supposed to make that stupid noise because this is how nerds work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just make it a controversy forever. I think he has a sweet tooth. I think he just really likes candy. I kept thinking about that as well. Um, just like a little bit of L energy on that one. Yeah, he's, uh, he does. Uh, sits weird on the chair. It's, it's baggy. <laughs> I don't have. I don't, I don't have a we better L joke. Just L energy. Do not. Do, we are not giving him a sweet tooth and baggy eyes and making him oh, sit I- funny on the chair. Oh, absolutely not. I was just, I was looking for an L joke and I found nothing. I took an L. There we go. You took it. There you go. Oh, we made it. Look at us. We're podcasters. Um, Professionally. I want him to have like a helix fossil visual motif um, in all of his work. what now? Just like a, a, like a, like a, like, like spirals, you know, like, um, like the, like the kind of snail with a, with a, with a shell that like spirals. Oh, like an Uzumaki? Sure. We'll go with that. Um, Like an Ammonite. You know, like from Twitch Plays Pokemon. Um, Sure. We're both... uh, We communicate so fucking beautifully. Um, We're talking over each other, and it's wonderful. We're wonderful co-hosts. Presumably, everybody listening will get at least one of those two references. Imagine if no one gets either of them, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they made it to the end of the episode devin they're they're just here to listen to us talk 
Fair enough. Um, well, uh, that feels like a completed character. The assistant. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been original podcast, Do Not Steal. My name has been Amber Autumn, she, her. And I have been Prince Devin, he, him. And, 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 and we have a friendship. And I'm I'm really glad to be a part of that friendship, and 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 I would never do anything compromising about that friendship, like trying to monetize it, for example. I will throw this friendship down the river <laughs> if it means I get to read a my pillow ad. <laughs> what if we just start reading my pillow ads? Do you think they'll just start paying us? Like what? Like <laughs> yeah, if I just say, hey, Mike Lindell said if you use promo code OGPOD, you get fifteen percent off. <laughs> uh, oh, can I real quick? Oh, oh, I know we're at the end, but real quick, my favorite part of Mike Lindell is because I'm from Indiana. Culture avoids me. I never get to know about any of these fucking weirdos. But he's like local. <laughs> like I got his commercials before he became a figure who was talked about on the news. That shit's crazy. Deep lore. Deep lore. Deep lore. Thank you for joining us. What are we talking about next week? This week's original podcast, Do Not Steal. On next week's episode of original podcast, Do Not Steal, Devin will be trying his damnedest to get us to talk about professional wrestling. But in an act of spite, I will not be allowing it. And instead, we will be discovering a weapon to surpass Metal Gear with a special guest. Uh, Ah, Metal Gear! Let's go! So get ready for us to talk for even longer than we did in this episode. Nano machine, son! Okay, um... Is your full of shit a meme? Colonel, goodbye. La le li la lo, goodbye, everybody. Oh my god, it's the fear in his bees! <laughs>